And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 196. And today we are continuing the Amityville franchise with parts six and seven. We're doing Amityville 1992. It's about time. And Amityville, a new generation from 1993. And boy. One of these is a doozy. Is a doozy. It's not as bad as last week necessarily, but we'll find out when we talk about both of them. And we encourage you guys, if you haven't seen the movies, maybe check them out first. I think you can find both of these on Tubi TV. And, and just recently, Shudder, Christina pointed out. 1992 It's About Time is coming out on Shudder this week. Booyah. So you have no excuse. You should might watch this movie. You should might watch this movie? You should might watch you this should movie. Maybe Maybe not watch. She's she's trying not to spoil what we think of these movies. I was trying. <laughs> so how have you been? How's your week? How's everything going? Aside me being crazy. Oh, as usual. Per usual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to resist the urge to go Halloween shopping because right. all the Halloween stuff's out. But you don't. You know, you got to stay at home if it's not a necessity. And technically, Halloween is a necessity. Technically, uh, <laughs> Halloween's canceled, guys. We're gonna be throwing candy out in the street for the kids. <laughs> Fuck it. It's Arizona. We know it's hot. The asphalt's going to fucking be hot until two in the morning. But the children are just going to have to scrape it out with a fucking spoon. Deal with it, you pieces of shit. Well, I don't care about the kids. <laughs> I just want to go buy home decor. <laughs> I wonder how that is going to be this year, though, because like if families don't care about like, you know, what I mean, not, do they wipe down their candy it's like not, each individual gonna, piece? It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not probably happen. not. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't celebrate it. No, we don't get too many kids. We got a lot last year. We did. Well, you weren't gave, here for most of it. I was here. I gave out, well, we gave out big candy. We give out big candy, though. And yeah, I we think gave them those big old candy bars. the years, like, they come here because they know they'll get the good candy. Yeah, they tell their friends, and then yeah, their friends then, tell yeah. their friends. And, and then, then the they next, bring their cousins. Yeah, and, the and then they bring people to fly in from out of state to fucking get these large-ass candy bars. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> you can't buy it for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's been hot. It's like, really fucking hot. It was the hottest July and, like ever. And you guys who say that Arizonans can't say it's fucking hot, <laughs> <laughs> who says that? It's everybody. They're like, whoa, Arizona. That's because we're in the fucking desert. Well, yeah, but there's a difference if you don't know, like the dry heat. There's a difference between 105 and 110, and you can like totally tell the. Difference. And there's also a difference between 110 in humidity and mm-hmm. not. And we do get humidity out here, guys. 
a surprise to say it, it but, does. But when we get the humidity, it's not that hot. It's not the temperature isn't that hot. Everybody's excited about us talking about the weather. I know because we're, we're a bunch of old people who've been hanging out in our house. It's all like we're year. hanging on a bus right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're totally right. Riding. Hey, how you doing? Oh, how about that weather? Huh? Anyway, <laughs> I could talk about my arthritis too. Oh, yeah, that's the. <laughs> What? No. I was just kidding. Did you pay your subscription to Life Alert, by the way? I just <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> Help, I've fallen and I can't get out. Does that stuff still exist? Yeah, like, I bet. I mean, even it, with cell phones and shit? Like, I mean, and, and um, Alexas? And- come on. Phones are still fucking complicated for older people. Oh, that's true. You know, pushing a single button. That's a lifesaver. That can save someone's <laughs> life, Christina. That is a good idea. You should patent that shit. Speaking of which, if you would like to save your life, we have been sponsored by... No, I'm kidding. We have not a bit. <laughs> Our first sponsor is a fucking elderly fucking... <laughs> totally like, walker. who is listening that's 80 years old? I mean, maybe 40 is a, probably a middle... You know. I hope Metamucil... <laughs> we could do a Metamucil why, shot. Why can't we get Metamucil like... Jägermeister, they sponsor everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want white Jägermeister. Hit us up, bro. We could do a Jägermeister. Jägermeister. <laughs> we would be so Jägermeistered out, though. Uh, uh, Metamucil Jägermeister shot. Oh my God, Christina! Please no. That sounds yeah, we terrible. Could, we could uh, we could pair it with like a old first movie. of all. Isn't Metamucil kind of like milk? No, <laughs> Milky. Metamucil. <laughs> Or is it the? That's, is no, it the, that's Maylox. Is it like Tang? Is it's like, it like Tang. Oh my it's god! It's like Tang. It's the orange. You would know, of course. Of course I do. Yes, because yeah. I have to have my. Can fiber. you tell us about diapers too, or anything? My poop come came out really good today. <laughs> I had a good all right. poop. All right, I had all a good right. Poop. See, like you give her a little fucking uh, off the leash, and she just fucking runs. <laughs> And then she gives me shit for talking so fucking stupid. Well, it's because I don't like to talk about sucking dicks all the time. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't talk about sucking yes, dicks. Yes, you do. Replay She's... the last episode. You probably said it like three times. <laughs> I'm just not afraid to say it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother me. If someone thinks I suck dicks, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I suck dicks, everybody. Welcome to the dick party. Stick it in my mouth. <laughs> See, we had to add one in just there in case. You go. But she went there first. I just want to point this out to the courtroom and to the listeners right now. <laughs> she went there first. I'll take it. But anyway, <laughs> I think it's about that time. Jesus Christ, save, what, save by the shot. <laughs> what, what time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys. So this week we're going to be doing a shot based around the movie Amityville 1992. It's about time. And this one is called Rusty Clock. A Rusty Clock. So why did we call it that? Well, the theme of the movie is about a clock. It surrounds around this evil clock from the Amityville home. So we decided to make an interesting shot. Uh, I don't really know why we did it this way, but... Because uh, that's all we had. (laughs) Yeah, what we did is we did half a shot of butterscotch, 99 butterscotch, mm-hmm. and half a shot of... Black velvet. That's right. Black velvet and little more smile. Okay. <laughs> we got it. You can karaoke. 
All right. It smells good. I don't, I'm, a, I'm a little, uh, I'm not a butterscotch fan here. But oh, you're not? No, not really. No. This is a cheap shot. So before we do this shot, we got to set a fucking alarm. This is the fucking <laughs> thing, remember? Because it's about time, remember? Time is up is what Oh, shit. Tick-tock of that bitch. Tick-tock it up. Tick-tock it up. Talk? Tip? Tick-tock. All right. On so, the clock. So what you do is you set your fucking alarm clock here, your timer, for 10 seconds, and then you race to see who finishes this shot Maybe? first. Oh, okay. All right. So I've got it marked here. Hold on. What's Let me with fucking the New York- turn on my fucking notifications. What's with the New York accent? Where did hey, that come from? We're what's with doing- you fucking persecuting me how I fucking talk? This is where I was from. This isn't a fucking costume. They do not talk like that from Baltimore. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, sometimes it just voices come into like <laughs> they, they just come to you. Yeah, like I just like talking. I, I do a lot of things that I don't realize that I'm doing. <laughs> I know. Like I've recorded myself, just left the recorder and left it on by accident, and then I, I just sing songs all the time. Right. I don't even realize I'm doing it. You know, like I was like, what? I don't remember singing that. Anyway, <laughs> so you set your fucking alarm for fucking ten seconds. We're doing it now. Okay. Well, you're going to win. And then you wait Bullshit. around, you stare at each other, and you punch one of each other in the face. I will fucking punch you. <laughs> Eddie, go! You beat me? I beat you, bitch. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but who's going to puke first? Oh, that shit You burns. might be the winner on that one. Oh, that shit burns. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> But it has like uh, a, it's a good aftertaste. It's just, it has a butterscotch. Oh my god! It tastes like one of those hard candies Grandma gives you. Oh my god, Grandma! Grandma, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need to take a break? Are you joking? No, you... your face is all red. It is it really all red? Yeah. Oh, I'm just embarrassed for you because she threw up and I took it out of the editing. <laughs> Anyway, guys, if you would like to take a rusty clock, all you have to do is go to Long Live the Void. Dot com. Check out our hashtag horse shot section now. That's it for horror shots. I'll rest of your clock, bitch. <laughs> All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Amityville 1992. It's about time. And Amityville, a new generation 1993. Right now. Alright, so Christina did the information on this one. We, we're switching things up a little bit this week, so let's see if you guys notice. Doubtful. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, this movie is about Jacob Sterling, an architect. He brings home a mysterious clock from the infamous Amineville house, not knowing that it's haunted by demonic spirits. Wow. Tagline, it's been expecting you. This, uh, this is fucking stupid. All right. <laughs> directed by Tony Randall. He also directed Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Right. That was a movie that uh, had some serious like cuts to it because it was too graphic. Right. And we watched that for the Joe Bob Briggs uh, thing. Yeah, that the was last, fun. The, yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot of jokes on Twitter for that. Yeah, we did. Uh, he also directed this movie called Ticks from 1993. Awesome movie. We, Is it? we reviewed it. 
Oh, stupid me. He also directed an episode of Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater from 1995. Yeah, that's funny. And he also did the visual effects from Escape on New York. Escape from, from New, York. New York. Not on New York. <laughs> from New York. I'm escape all over New York. Ew, that's gross. Stop. Sexy bitch. <laughs> okay, the writer, John J. Jones... Um, we talked about him last John week. John G. Jones. Oh, God damn it. Fucking, hey. my fucking dyslexia. <laughs> John G. Jones. Uh, we talked about him last week. Uh, he did, um, he wrote Amityville Horror Evil Escapes. Mm-hmm. And then he also has a no- novel in development called Amityville Legacy 3D. Um, right. He did all the, the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for both this one. Mm-hmm. And, and and the evil escapes because technically right. uh, we have some trivia on it, but there, his okay. book is based off of some of the events that take place in both of these movies, huh. the evil escapes and this one. I wonder if that one has a haunted, uh, I don't know, another haunted object. You'll Jesus find out. Fucking Christ! Um, another, uh, the other writer is Christopher DeFeria. He hasn't really written anything, but he produced such films as Ready Player One and Mad Max Fury Road. That's right. Also, oh, also another writer, uh, Antonio Toro. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this and he did Amneville, A New Generation, which is the next movie we're going to talk about. Okay. All right. This movie stars Stephen Macht. He plays Jacob, the, the father, and he was also the father in the Monster Squad. I love that movie. I know. I always remember him in there because he's like sitting out on the roof with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good part. Yeah. He was also in Graveyard Shift. And he was also in Tracers 4 from 1994. And most recently, he stars in that Suits TV show mm. that I've never seen. Neither am I. Neither have I. <laughs> okay, Sean Weatherly, who plays Andrea, she's most famous for her role as Jill on Baywatch. She was also in Police Academy 3. Mm-hmm. I remember, she, yeah. You remember? And she was in this movie called Shadow Zone from 1990. Own that, yeah. You do? We re- I think we did a review of that once. Yeah. Oh, how funny. Right, Megan Ward, who plays Lisa. She's from General Hospital, like a lot of General Hospital. And she's also been in a lot of like CSIs and NCISs. She was also in Encino Man from 1993. I love that movie. That I haven't a- seen that in forever. I know, I haven't either. I'd love to watch that again, though. But anyway... So, Damon Martin, who plays Rusty, the brother, mm-hmm. he was in... Pee- Rusty Clock, by the way, guys. Get it? Oh, Rusty Clock. Um, he was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He was in Ghoulies 2, Freddy's Nightmare, the TV series. Now, this was the last movie he acted in. That's right. He was in Ghoulies 2. I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, this was the last movie he acted in, and he went on to produce films such as Night of the Demons and that, that Freakonomics Wait, documentary. Wait, which Night of the Demons? What year? Night of the Demons, 2009. Yeah, that was a remake. Oh, yeah. the remake. Oh, Yeah, okay. with uh, Edward uh, Norton. Uh, Edward Norton. Jesus <laughs> Christ. The kid from Terminator 2. Uh-huh. Uh, Furlong. Edward Furlong. Edward, Thank Edward you. Edward Furlong. I couldn't find a budget for this movie. Was this straight to video? Yes. Oh, okay, well, that's why. And what were your thoughts on Amityville 1992? It's about time, which is a really stupid title. Well, first, there was a budget of about 1.2 million, the director said, in the commentaries and stuff. Oh. Like, a, it was about 1.2 million uh, budget. Okay. But straight to video, so there's no, you know, although they did do one uh, screening, apparently, of this screening. movie in a stadium with 4,000 people. Huh. Yeah, crazy, right? That is. That is crazy. He said it was one of the coolest experiences he had ever seen. 
4,000 people? Yeah, 4,000 people, dude. Like, what the they fuck? They must have been giving out free hot dogs or something. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was. <laughs> Dicks in the mouth. Um, kidding. <laughs> this is the theme of the episode. Yeah, I guess it. so. Um, so, yeah, this isn't a big budget haunted house movie. And it's not the best in the franchise, of course, either. But it's still fucking entertaining. And not just in the so bad as good way. It's actually just entertaining and creative to me. Like, I think uh-huh. it's like you can definitely see the style of Randall in this. Like, you get vibes of Hellraiser oh. in here with yeah. the whole plucky, like, music score that they have in this, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I think is really pretty good. A nice little tune that goes with the whole kind of thing. It's got like a mix between like Hellraiser and like Puppet Master uh-huh. kind of like feel. Um, I think it was, I forget, John Litt did the music for this. But anyway, I could definitely rewatch this movie again and have absolutely no problem doing so. Uh, I think they even did a much better job on the lighting and the angles and the cinematography. All of it was pretty decent. Like, I like the shadows that they did uh-huh. in this movie. And they even talk about that in the extras. So I was glad to to hear about that. And we'll talk about that later. It's uh, not a scary movie, you know, but what they did with it is actually really cool for a 92 indie straight to video horror film, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is one that will be one of those movies that if you were to still flip through channels and stuff and you saw this on, you would be like, hey, well, what's this? And then you would just stick around because there's such little treats all the way through the whole fucking movie. Uh-huh. I remember watching this on Cinemax, I think, or one of those channels or whatever. We only subscribed to Cinemax as a kid, so I have fond memories of that. And even before then, we had a thing called Super TV, <laughs> which What's was that? before this movie, I think. Oh. It was like one of the first internet packages on the East Coast that oh, you could get. Okay. Or not internet, but you know what I mean? Cable, cable. TV. Cable. Yeah. And they had a Skinemax night, too, on Super TV. It does have a lot that happens in this film, too, so you shouldn't be bored to tears with it like some of the other movies in the franchise. I think it's pretty snappy with a lot of moments that they have, lots of people against people, people changing, and a lot of batshit weird stuff going on to make it appealing to most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't, you know, an, uh, like a huge, big budget, like great movie, but it is good. It's good. I think it's it's underappreciated. Right. One of the more standout movies in the entire franchise. Uh, it even has some gore, nudity for those who enjoy masturbating to horror films. I know what you're doing out there, guys. So just know I'm, wa- <laughs> I'm wa- in your window taking pictures. He's watching you. Ew, gross. Come on. <laughs> That's gross. I'm just saying. <laughs> the acting is definitely stepped up quite a bit here, too, in my opinion. But there's very little atmosphere Although some of the shots are kind of atmospheric, I guess you could say. Just very little scares. It's just kind of a story. But the gore is fun. Enough to push it, you know, into the awesome category or decent category at the very least. It's also clear that these Amityville movies decided that franchise uh, is going to go towards, you know, a a yard sale. There's some sort of item that he picks up that somebody picks up. And then that object is also haunted because the evil's trying to get out of the Amityville house because, and I forgot about this, in part three, they blow up the house. Oh, they did? Yeah. I don't remember. You watched it. What the fuck are you asking me? I fucking remember. She was like, yeah, I didn't really watch it. I just told you I did. But (laughs) That's bullshit, you fucking asshole. Anyway... Uh, it's the same recipe here as in part four where they 
pick up an item. It's a clock this time. They bring it home. The evil needs to, f- you know, leave that house and find a new one. And not only does it control the family, but it controls time, which is an interesting dynamic that they added in this film that I think is actually pretty cool and kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, in moments I get vibes of like other 90s films of that time frame that are dealing with time, like Warlock movies or, you know, I don't know. It just feels like that kind of air about it, which is pretty interesting little addition to the franchise that has long gone off the rails into the silly side of demons for the most part <laughs> at this franchise part, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Part six. Uh, so if it's going to, it's going to happen anyway, this isn't really a bad one of the silly bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, I enjoyed it overall more than four. I'd give this one a seven, maybe even a 7.5. Like if I were to pull one off the shelf, it would definitely be the first two and maybe that one. Uh-huh. I like this better than I think the third one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. What about you, though? Oh. Oh, let's see. Well, now that I understand what the franchise is about, which isn't the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, I, but what are you going to do? I mean, they did blow up the house. That's one excuse. And the second excuse is probably somebody was living in it and didn't want their house used as a fucking prop for horror movies all the time. Well, then they should have just slapped a different name on the movies. Right. I but, know. But at least they show it in this movie. Uh, yeah. 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 And I do. like how they did the comparison to the new house with the two windows. Right. Which was different. Right. Because they're in like a cookie cutter housing area in L.A. And yeah, Cal- in Calabasas. Calabasas, yeah. 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 And yeah, the address is listed. But anyway, um, I think this movie fits in well with the franchise. Now that I like understand what's going on. Yeah. I think it fits in well. Um, I have the same feelings about this movie than that I had with The Evil Escapes. I was a little bit more disgusted with this movie because of the incest factor. I, oh, well, this is rated R. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. That the other one was that rated one was PG like thir- or something. Yeah, it was like PG or, well, PG-13. it was a TV. That was a TV movie too. Right. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, This was better than The Evil Escapes though. Um, The plot was easier to follow. Um, I was a little confused in the beginning with the girlfriend being the ex-girlfriend babysitting the young adult children. <laughs> but I mean, it ended up working out uh, because uh, they bring in the, the psychologist boyfriend. So I thought like the dynamics were really good, um, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with the house. I felt like it was a better effort. Story wise. Um, yeah. yeah. And more updated for the time. than yeah. the Previous movies. But it was okay. It there was wasn't enjoyable. the stupid side story either with like a fucking investigation right. all the time either. Uh, right, right. I mean, yeah, there they... was, but it was like less present than the 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 evil escapes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it made it made more sense. But I mean, it almost makes I me just... feel like it gave evil escapes a little too high score when I look at this because I do like that. Mm-hmm. But I think they're both kind of similar. This is just yes. more entertaining. Yeah, this one is definitely more entertaining. It's a better whole. I did. I gave it a four out of ten. Well, did, what did you it's give? Just, I think I gave it. Didn't I give that a three? I gave Evil Escapes a three. I gave this one a four. Mm. I mean, I I really Tough ground. I I'm sorry. I really could just go without seeing these movies. Well, again. you can see the difference between. So this is good that you're here because for people who are normal and uh, probably make sense, Christina's here. For exactly. people like me who are just some obligatory weird fucking anomaly that just likes weird <laughs> shit, I guess. I'm here too. So. I mean, we had 
fun watching it and stuff. I just I wouldn't watch it again. I liked it, man. I thought it was great. I thought it was a fun movie. I think it's a it's a good example, not necessarily of of the first movie or anything, but mm-hmm. if the franchise is already off the rails, this is a better better concept. Yeah, and yeah. for a 90s movie uh, compared to other movies, 90s. it's a kind of an underrated movie, I think, you know. Right. You know, it's just one of those movies that you would just like I said, put on a Cinemax would pop on. You'd be flipping through the channels. You'd see this and be like, well, what is this? Right. And then all of a sudden you'd be watching the whole fucking thing. Right. And I mean, they are putting this one on shutter. So I mean, that's the other yeah, one, yeah. That, which says something, I think. Yeah. What did you guys think of this movie? I would love to hear what you guys thought. Um, do you agree with either of us? Do you think it's worse? Do you think it's better? I would love to hear from you guys down in the comments section below of any of our posts or on the actual episode itself on long live the void. But we do have some trivia that we're going to go over and then talk about some scenes and things like that. So if you do not want anything spoiled, as Christina mentioned, you can watch it on Shutter or Tubi TV with ads free. So check it out. But here's your warning. <laughs> they had a uh, they did this movie in about 25 days, supposedly. Um, he originally said it was like three weeks, but it ended up being about four weeks to shoot this whole Mm-hmm. movie and there's you know i'm sure like pickup shots and stuff like that that they did uh for this but tony randall said he treated this film as its own thing other than you know the clock being from the amityville house and being brought to this house that's the only connection he really wanted to make this its standalone kind of movie and i'm sure partly because i mean you have hellraiser 2 which is debatable, and some people like it just as much as the first one, or even uh-huh. more. Uh huh. Um, I'm sure he was probably like, "Well, I really want my own, <laughs> right. you know, franchise that I can start that's going to be really good." And this is one of those movies that apparently he doesn't get a lot of questions about. He never gets asked about this film ever. Right. And he really appreciated this film. He really liked this film, and they made a real effort. He said he Aww. didn't. He wanted to go a little bit more mainstream with this than he did with. Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Because yeah, Hellraiser was like one of the movies that had, you know, the ratings board all in a, in a fucking tiffy, as I mentioned. Yeah, it was This nice. one went through with no problem. Oh. Yeah, but He should have tried harder. <laughs> well, I don't think it was. I think it was just written so it wasn't as gory. Right. It's Hellraiser, for Christ's sake, in the first and the right. second one, you know, so... Also, Tony Randall said that coming from the Roger Corman kind of uh, area, he said being able to direct Rick Miller, who plays a cameo in this movie, was kind of like a rite of passage. And he said not only was he great to work with, but it's probably one of the greatest honors in his career of his life to work with him. Wow, that's nice. And I I agree. Dick Miller is such an underrated Uh gem. He's like, there's nobody like him. You know what I mean? Like, is he still alive? Is he still? No, he movies? passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? I think so. He's the guy that was in Gremlins. Everybody always remembers. <gasps> oh, okay. The crazy guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Also, a lot of the effects on this movie were done by the famous KMB practical effects they did on the leg. The, I'm pretty sure the dog as well, which you said th- looked really good. That was my favorite scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Also, Chris DeFeria, the writer and producer of this movie that you talked about, is said that this story was based off a story about all the items in the garage, just like we talked about from Evil Escapes, part mm-hmm. four. Now, the guy who wrote that book, I found out, is an Australian, <laughs> and uh, he 
John G. Jones, by the way, his book was based off of a garage and each of the stories in that book, because we talked about it in the last episode where each of the stories, there was like multiple different stories Mm -hmm. and they took a little bit from each. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with this movie is that they talked, they took one of the items out of the many items of this garage sale that were haunted. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's a great idea. It's clever, but that's like a perfect anthology fucking thing right there. It should just be the house. I'm stuck on the house. I can't help it. I don't think it's. You have to let go at some point, I guess. I I would like to see it in that house, but you can only go so long in that house. Like, honestly, like how many times is someone going to fucking die in a house before you go? Oh, maybe I shouldn't move in there. You know, like, (laughs) like, come on. Um, but this was the last movie in the entire franchise based on a book, supposedly. Oh, I don't okay. know when that was written, but supposedly that's the last one based on any book. The rest have all been written, you know, from scratch. Mm-hmm. So we do have some scenes that we're going to talk about, kind of run through this. Christine already mentioned, you know, the dad from Monster Squad brings home a clock and that's supposedly 200 years old. And you guessed it from the Amityville house. Apparently, his ex-girlfriend, who's pretty familiar with his kids, stayed with them while he was away at some job thing. But they're like teenagers. They did not need a babysitter. Right. And they look older than they really are. Yeah. they really. <laughs> but every again, it's, it's that time period thing where everybody looked older than they were. But anyway. But yeah, he and that woman who watched his kids have a sort of thing. They were together before and she's left because he was too busy, probably. Right. It just didn't work out. And or didn't treat her uh, the way she wanted, essentially. Right. Um, She actually even said that he was dangerous. You know, it's a playful thing after they fucked. Yeah. Like a fucking. Even though they were broken up. Why is it? She was seeing somebody else. Have you ever noticed that, like, every time you watch these movies, when it's like in that situation, the girl's always on top? Well, yeah, because they got to get a titty shot. Is it is it like to show that she really wanted to do it? No, it's because they wanted to get a titty ass shot. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's probably a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's always like they're well, always a girl riding on top. In okay, real life, this... a lot of times, girls don't want to do that shit. No okay? way, I'm tired. I didn't want to work for it. I got a it. headache. But, but now that you think about it, it's so funny because when we were watching the movie, I was like, oh, it's because uh, he just got home from his long trip and he's jet lagged. He's tired. Well, he's tired. we do have to Be- consider the male perspective. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever. I Moving think it's, on. it's definitely the titty shot. Let's just fucking call it that. Right. Uh, not that you couldn't see titties like when she's laying on her back. It just. It's the angle. Right. Well, you get to it's see the nape of the tw- back. It's and that, the, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the, the little, ass. A little bit of the ass. ass. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of the... the- That's why. It's <laughs> a Skinamax movie. Hello. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, while she's fucking upstairs, um, he put on the fireplace. He put the, the clock on the fireplace mantle, and it's literally drilling itself into the wall so that evil cannot be removed. Turns out, where it was safe, it is no more, and it needs... A new home, as she says. Or who says it? Oh, the woman, the old the, woman. The neighbor lady, yeah. the spiritual neighbor lady. Where it was safe, it is no more, and it needs a new home. <laughs> She's also excited about it, too. Did you notice? Rusty, yeah. the kid, this fucking 
this kid that's like a rule breaker, doesn't like to follow rules, the typical 90s kid, you know, because we were all independent and we didn't want to follow the crowd. Nowadays, everybody follows the crowd or you're not part of it. (laughs) It's completely different now. Like being an individual is actually frowned upon a little bit. It may not seem that way to people who are, you know, trying to be an individual, but ultimately, if you don't follow the crowd these days, it's a little different. But he surprisingly, you think he's just this punk little kid and he goes over and plays chess with this lady who just is into like weird shit and she's psychic and she's the Moriarty lady kind of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Totally. She kind of fills that role a little bit. Totally. So do you have anything yet that I... Nope. Okay. (laughs) I don't see you guys think I just speak over her. I just write a lot of stuff down. Uh, but the rusty kid, he goes downstairs and there's this really cool scene where he flips the light on and off and it looks like a different time, like a different dimension. Like the room is like a different house altogether. And like he's looking into the past of like the 1800s or whatever, 200 years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty cool. And the clock is there because they had clocks like that back then. Right. I don't the they, they don't really, really explain why it goes back to that time. Well, it's because that clock. Right. It was in the picture. Morps time. Yeah, it was an, wasn't time. it a French clock and the, that was brought to the Amityville house and that's what made the Amityville house infected? I don't fucking know. Where this guy used to torture like fucking children on a fucking slab? Then what about the lamp and the mirror? I don't know. This doesn't have to do with that. This is just, you know. <laughs> Sorry. It all has to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Oh, then the, the dad goes for a jog, right? And then uh, he runs into the dog... The, the neighbor's well, dog. Mrs. Temnit. Temnit? I don't remember. She had a jogging suit. She had the jogging suit from the 90s on. Yeah. You know, the, the, the swooshy, typical. And it swooshes when like you move together. It was like purple and blue. And pink. And white. With that design. <laughs> yeah. It was so 90s. And, and then, her uh, dog, Peaches. Oh, yes. Her dog, Peaches, who's a nice dog. He's a nice dog. Somehow they appear... Um, I don't know where the fuck he was running, like by canal or something. And then the dog like attacked him. That was the best thing. It grabbed his leg. It, like he could tell, like she's just looking at him like she's ready to fucking murder him. You can mm-hmm. tell. She was like, oh, hey. He's like, hey, how you doing? And she just lets the go- dog go with her hand, like opening up like intentionally. And she's like, fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool when the dog was attacking him because it was it looked it looked cool i mean you could tell real. It, it looked like if like once you stared at the head of the dog for a while you're like yeah. oh that's a fake head but it, i mean it did look if you're looking cool. at the point of uh, where he's getting bit you're not really focusing on that but us because we've seen so many horror movies mm-hmm. we look at that shit and right. so does everybody else who's a big horror fan they're like right. oh what is that is it real is it i don't know um and he like breaks a bottle and stabs it in the face yeah. too which is fucking great <laughs> but then the dad who's fucked up and bitten he has to go to the hospital and then the the girl his ex-girlfriend who's watched his kids before for some reason now gets roped into watching him again she's got a boyfriend who's a therapist right or doctor or whatever but she helps him get home and his wounds look like fucking large gashes like they didn't even give him stitches i was like (laughs) he went to the fucking hospital and it's like they just threw a bandaid on it and he is like he's bleeding and gushing blood it's like what the fuck dude like what fucking hospital did you go to because i don't want to go there Yeah, that is really weird that they didn't have the fucking, like, stitches in it. Like, they just sent him home like that, and he was like, I refuse stitches. I'm a fucking man, and I fucking draw up plans for fucking houses. And his 
fucking leg was it was nasty it was pretty too. fucking it was, and it gets infected over the course of the movie yeah. too and then when he, he was at home and the, like the, his bed just was covered in blood afterwards yeah that was pretty gross too mm-hmm. that thought that that gash was pretty well done um, yeah it was i mean but why wouldn't they sew it it really doesn't make sense right um but then of course the the ex-girlfriend what's her name adrian or adrian adrian yeah she goes over to the neighbor's house where the Andrea. dog it's andrea i'm sorry Andrea goes over to the house and talks to the neighbor who has the dog. And she's like, I'm really sorry that your dog might have gotten hurt with the glass bottle or whatever. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, your dog got fat, bit him and da 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 da. And she's like, no. She pulls him out and it wasn't him. It was evil. <laughs> evil. <laughs> you done. No. <laughs> I'll never be done, Christina. So deal with it. Um, It's the clock. That's what it is. It's the fucking clock. And why is it? Okay. Like in most you in most horror or well, I don't know. That's some powerful clock right there. You know what I mean? Like how? I don't know. It's the power of <laughs> Isn't evil. It usually like I don't know how it gets out of the house like that. If it has the power to get out, why doesn't it move around and just fucking kill everyone? Right. Exactly. Why doesn't it just implode the earth? Problem solved. <laughs> Go down to the core and haunt it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. And the lava gets scared and blows up <laughs> yeah, the earth. That's what I'm saying. That's all <laughs> it needs to do. There is a scene where Rusty is talking to everyone for breakfast or lunch, and it's really cool. Like, they do it this old school way, but he's asked to grab something out of a different room or something, of some book, or I can't remember what it was, but he goes and he's like having this oh, conversation. It was, he's like, fo- it was a phone book. Sorry. Oh, yeah, because we don't use those anymore. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Why does she just use fucking internet? So he goes to grab the phone book, and he's telling this story. I forget what the story is about, but as he's telling the story, he walks into the room. This takes place over about 17 seconds, and then he walks back. It's like, obviously, nighttime now, when it was daytime and and it was lunch. Mm -hmm. Now it's nighttime, so like time has slipped, and he's like really confused, and Andrea's like, Hey, where did you go earlier? Like, you just kind of fucking <laughs> dipped out on us. Like, there's some food left over in the fridge if you're hungry or blah, blah, blah. And he was like, huh? So, but you know what they did with that scene is they did it the old school way. Uh-huh. They didn't do any quick camera tricks or anything. They did it all in one shot. Oh, that's cool. And it had like several people move all the chairs and everything, cover up the windows, make it look dark. And oh, then put a, a towel on her head. Yeah, got yeah. her head hair wet and then put a towel on her head and then fucking had it good. I think that's cool. That's I cool. admire that kind of work. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's cheap. It's effective if you know how to do it right. But nobody apparently, Christofaria said, does that anymore. They don't. The You're producer. Right. Right. Except Children of Men. <laughs> that was a cool shot. Anyway. I, I like any anytime you can like have like a long shot. And I think they did use two cameras in that shot, but technically they did everything all in one mm-hmm. take. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there was this scene where Andrea sleeps in the daughter Lisa's bed and she feels this weird black blob slip into bed with her while Lisa's trapped in the clock room downstairs where she's sleeping, uh-huh. banging on the door. <laughs> It's this, like, weird, like, what? <laughs> is this the part where, like, the door shuts and you can see the fucking string? <laughs> yes. The show, well, you mean with Lisa downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lisa's downstairs and she's, like, you see the string pull the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so obvious. It is pretty obvious. 
but you know, we're in 1080p land now. You know what I mean? Like they right. weren't shooting back then like that. Right. And the screens that they use back then, I'm sure were not very like, you know, high oh, yeah. def. Yeah. You couldn't see stuff like that. Exactly. So they were probably like, fuck, that's the only take we got. We got to use it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next day, the neighbor's house is painted with a swastika like. <laughs> <laughs> And the police are blaming Rusty the kid because he's bad, I guess? No, because it's easy to blame him because cops are lazy and fuck the police. <laughs> and he disappeared because he comes back and he's like, she was like, where were you? You know, Andrew's like, where were right. you? He was like, nowhere. Just hanging out. Just come back. He keeps getting blamed for everything mm -hmm. because he looks like a fucking punk kid. miscreant. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Misfit, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, and that's how it was in the 90s, right? Yeah, totally. The next day, this there's a really funny part, though, that where, where the dad is losing his mind in the draft room. He's, like, covered in a blanket, and he's, like, doing his work for, like, his little houses, and then he, like, smashes them <laughs> and stuff. He's, like, repeatedly drawing pictures of the actual Amityville house, like, over and over and over again and mumbling to himself, which right. I got to give him credit. I thought he did a good job of being crazy. Yeah, he did. He totally did. Honestly, like, I think his performance was actually really good. He was kind of like a dick, too. Like, a di like oh, a, he... an asshole crazy person. A lot of the stuff that he did in the movie was um actually apparently some of his ideas. Mm -hmm. And Randall actually was, like, cool with it. Like, at one part, he had, you know how he's, like, decaying, sort of, because of the infection in his leg, and the evil's getting into him as well. So, it's, like, thrown in there to say, like, oh, what is it? Mm -hmm. Well, he asked if he could put cotton balls in his mouth so that it would change his voice and make him look more disfigured a little bit. Uh-huh. With the makeup that they had, because he's all sweaty and, like gross all the time right i just think he did a really good job he's he plays a good dickhead yeah and, a, and a, a, like an evil person he does and he's also really kind of cool that's when you know because like you know they've had this like sexual relationship with each other and they're this old past andrea eventually invites her boyfriend over who was a therapist and is there to talk things over with rusty because of course he painted the swastika over there which he didn't <laughs> Right. I don't even know where. Did they even say what happened with that? Well, you know, the evil painted the swastika. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Some white supremacist spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Some piece of shit, garbage fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, downstairs, Andrea, she invited her therapist friend and he like talks to Rusty. He's like, yeah, I'd like to have a little chit chat with you sometime later. And he's like, cool. <laughs> fuck off you i know what you're doing uh-huh like why are you here my dad's like in love with this fucking woman obviously and she's kind of like our mom like fuck off and there was this really cool scene where jacob the father meets this leonard guy the therapist and leonard's like reaching out to shake his hand as he's like leaning on a crutch and he's like his wound is like open the like <laughs> the fucking bandage is like <laughs> flapping around with like oily gross shit and he's like yeah, maybe I shouldn't shake your hand, you know? <laughs> a and, coronavirus. <laughs> and Jacob gives him this look like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> you want me to shake your fucking hand? You know what I mean? Right. And it's so good. I love that scene. It's so funny. And he's like, he's like, ooh, wow, that, that, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love this shit. Because it's more than just bad. It's really right. fucked up. It was. 
Anyway, so the boyfriend, uh, Leonard, goes downstairs and he's been like psychoanalyzing the Jacob dad with his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And they're eating Laotian food, not Chinese food, Laotian food. Oh, the 90s. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. It's like I can order from anywhere. I'm not special because of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. It used to be like you could go find a nice restaurant and that's everybody would think you're such a wonderful. Oh, God, look at his taste. He has such wonderful taste. Like, whatever, dude. It's fucking takeout. <laughs> that's when we get to see Dick Miller, by the way, because the the hedges catch fire. Uh-huh. And guess who saves the fucking day? Dick Miller. Yeah, he was in that just briefly. I thought he'd pop back up again. Yeah, it was a nice cameo. I wanted to see more, obviously, but it was... uh. Just something that that Tony Randall wanted to put him in there for because of that rite of passage sort of thing. He uh-huh. had to have him in there. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. You know, it would be nice to see more of him. I think he was underutilized there, obviously, but it was mm-hmm. really just to have him play a part. Mm-hmm. So, and him being the neighbor is pretty classic. Mm-hmm. Dick Miller, you know, right. especially Gremlins, right? But the. Uh, Boyfriend stays the night, and after having sex with Andrea, he goes downstairs to smell his pussy fingers. <laughs> that was a weird scene. That was a really I, weird scene. I thought that was funny. I'm like, Jesus. It, <laughs> he goes down to make a snack, and he puts something in the microwave, and the time stops. And this is another great scene that oh, I really the, like. Oh, and the ceiling fan stops spinning. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, time just stops. And then you hear the like microwave like, <laughs> but yeah, the Jacob dad all of a sudden appears in front of him across the, the like kitchen table and <laughs> he's like having this conversation with him in a friendly manner, but it's very threatening mm-hmm. and that's not easy to pull off. Right. And, and I think Jacob, the guy who played Jacob mocked really did a good job. Mm-hmm. He He's like, Hey. Uh, you see this? This is a Walter P-30 handgun. <laughs> you know, the SS used to use these, blah, blah, blah. He's like, and and then he like points the gun at fucking Leonard and Leonard's about to cry. He's like, yes, I fucked her. I fucked her. Okay. I fucked her. I'm <laughs> sorry. She's my girlfriend. She's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, see, that's why we can have this conversation, but you're still dead. And he shoots and then the time unfreezes. Like it never happened. Right. And the microwave goes off. It was a good scene. That was a really cool scene. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. There's also that weird mirror scene. Do you want to tell about that? The daughter was sleeping on the couch. Is that right? No. She goes up into a mirror in the room and she looks at herself and another version of herself gropes herself and has an orgasm. That one. That oh, scene. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. Yeah. That was so stupid. I'm just pointing it out because it's a fucking moment that is kind of odd. And it was in the apparently in the original book. Uh-huh. The actual mirror scene might be a, a scene that was taken from like another uh, story in that book. Right. Apparently, uh, Chris DeFaria or whatever was saying that the, the guy who wrote the book said in his book, it was talking about the mirror hitting her and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm really confused. Like, you know, what is the evil? Is it actually physically hitting her or is it just touching her? I don't really understand. And he was like, well, that's the way it is, Chris. <laughs> that's that sounds more um <laughs> yeah. new zealander kiwi <laughs> something yeah. 
Uh, that's the way evil is, Chris. <laughs> it's just, you never can expect it. So all of a sudden, the daughter's all sexualized and stuff. She becomes all promiscuous and starts talking about seeing her boyfriend, but don't wait up. Because <laughs> she's going to fuck him. <laughs> and boy, does she fucks him. And that doesn't... Uh, does Over. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty goes to the neighbor's house. And then the neighbor, like, hypnotizes him because he was telling her about um, the vision he had. Right. And she wanted to kind of, like, have him draw it out for her or something mm -hmm. like that. And then he, he went back in time. Then he's going back, back in time. time. <laughs> <laughs> to where um, he saw where the clock was before Amityville. Right. Oh, God, it was horrible. And then the neighbor goes outside. Well, she finds she finds it in a book. She's like, wait, is this the picture that you're talking about? Is this what you He's like, that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. <laughs> it's like exactly what he saw, too, right. by the way. It was. And he was it like, didn't even... there's a little table. And she was like, yeah, that's for children. Like she knew. <laughs> like, why do you know all this stuff? Because she's a medium. <laughs> I guess. She knows. She looked at the picture. She knew. She's quirky like a medium would be. But mm -hmm. evil's not too fond of her bullshit, by the way, after oh, this. Oh, no, because then it gets all final destination on her ass it really does it's kind of funny too because it decides there's like a diaper truck where this guy's delivering like uh diapers, diapers. which is weird <laughs> that is weird and, and he's like oh yeah here's your order ma'am blah, blah 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 and there's a big gigantic stork on top of the van and it starts itself and gets she gets her cane stuck in the middle of the road as she's walking mm-hmm because of evil, of course, you know, <laughs> and you see like the, the the ground like moving and like separate and then the cane gets stuck in the crack. The van like runs at her, but she dodges out of the way and it hits a fucking brick mailbox and she laughs it off, of course, because this is how her character is. She's very quirky mm -hmm. <laughs> and the fucking stork fucking pierces her chest. <laughs> <laughs> right on top of her. That was really stupid and silly, but yeah, it was. It was. It, 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 it kind of reminded me of like Jack Frost or something, mm -hmm. like the comedy beats of that. Right. You know, it just didn't feel right in this. Right. No, but, it was a weird scene to have in here. Some of the deaths in this movie are really silly, but <laughs> I still enjoy it because at least it has effort. You know. Mm -hmm. It's it's just fun and stupid at the same time. But so Lisa lures her boyfriend down to the basement where he melts into a puddle into a drain. She like sits in this like toy set for fucking trains in the middle of it. And she's like, come here, come here. And then he's like, oh, what the fuck did I step in some diarrhea or something? And then, <laughs> and then it's like he's melting, but it doesn't hurt him. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like his legs get I don't know if he's sinking or melting or because at the end of this, this scene, his face is like distorted. Now, the funny thing about this is, and I don't know if this is true or not, but in the blob, the same face was used in the blob. Oh, you think? As this. As I'm the boyfriend? Pretty sure. I forgot to look this up. I'm pretty sure because if huh. you guys remember in The Blob 1988, there's a scene where there's this guy who's up in the fucking theater booth. He's running the film and there's like a scene where the yo-yo comes down and then the guy's like melted up on the ceiling and he's like, Whoa! 
when his face is all like coming down, I swear to God, it's the same face. Huh. Oh, that's why he wanted to rewind it. Right. And maybe I'll try to take both scenes and compare them in a video today for you guys, uh, like, or, you know, this week so that you guys can judge for yourself and see if I'm right. Because they didn't mention it. And I almost forgot to mention that. But I remember when his face melts into that little weird pile, like it's pretty, it looks similar. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't know. I thought that was a funny little scene. After that, didn't the dad start making a bunch of little Amityville houses? Because he had a project due. So all the houses he made for his little, uh, like diorama thing which is funny too because they like all the houses that they that he was making are like cookie cutter houses and like in this neighborhood and like he was like oh well, let's just make them more unique and you know nothing's more unique than the amityville house <laughs> you know <laughs> so i guess he wanted to make a bunch of them which is pretty cool leonard gets attacked in the tub by the way mm-hmm. do you remember that scene the kid that melted in the drain mm-hmm. came, out of the, came out of the tub to kill leonard Mm-hmm. but doesn't kill him just scares him to a, he's like freaking out he like reaches out of the tub there they show that the tub after he reaches out and disappears like mm-hmm. they show the tub overflowing that scene a funny story on that by the way chris thought it would be a great idea to actually do an over overflowing bathtub for real uh-huh. instead of making it look like you know so they let it run a lot Oh, wow. Over and over uh-huh. while they were shooting the scene. And a lot of people weren't too keen on the idea because they were worried about what might happen. Because yeah. this is a rental home. Right. <laughs> and a fucking, you know, in Calabasas. So they didn't want to fuck anything up. Right. But after they were done, the people that were like worried about it were like, hey, that actually really worked. That's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. And others that, you know, were like, see, sometimes you just got to do what it takes. And uh, right on then, at that queue, the fucking tub fell through the fucking floor. Are you kidding? And to the first floor. Oh, my God. That's funny. And it was, he said it was a huge mess. He said you couldn't. I t- bet. And they you have to pay for it. You could not have timed it any better than that. Wow. It's like some fucking, like, money pit shit. Yeah, totally. <gasps> ah! What? <laughs> what did they think was gonna happen if you have fucking water like i mean you know like, sometimes you do have to risk things i'm sure on set right you know because doing an entire you know fake set just to do that shot is right. more money right so but yeah i guess it ended up costing him more money in the end anyway yeah you think <laughs> you have to fix it somebody else's house so leonard tells andrea to get out of the house and uh you know, Rusty finds his sister, Lisa, in her room and blood all over it, like fingerprints all over the wall and shit. And she tries to fuck him. Ooh, she licked his ear. Well, there's that one scene where when she comes down and she's like dressed all hot, you know what I mean? To go mm-hmm. out and meet her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He's like, wow. So it's almost kind of like. Right. Maybe he did think about it for a second, even though he would never do anything. The evil. So the within. evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, evil. You know what I mean? Um, then the cops show up. Yeah, that scene was pretty cool too, because they're they're like show up and they're like it's quiet in there, huh? And they're Andrea and everybody are banging on the so- other side of the window, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of looking. They can't see them. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a really cool like idea, really cheap uh, shot that you can make. That yeah, yeah, like they it's look in, they confusing. can't see them. But Andrea and them can see them on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's almost another dimension. It's, it's pretty, all dimensional now. Right. It's pretty creative. Mm-hmm. Oh, this ending, though. 
Well, Jacob, you know, of course, this is where Jacob starts to go full-fledged fucking possessed, and he's, like, throwing Andrea around, like, literally pushing her through the wall, <laughs> like, and you can see clock bits all over the place, which is really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. And this is all happening while Lisa's trying to fuck her brother aggressively, and he shoves, like, a quarter-inch plug from his guitar <laughs> into her mouth and she's shocked dead i'm like that would not happen right that wouldn't happen i've had a guitar it it gives you a shock but it's not that powerful (laughs) but evil i guess you know it's amplified (laughs) (laughs) anyway andrea shoves a giant architect like compass into fucking jacob's infected leg at that point which is pretty fucking gnarly Mm -hmm. and i thought like they did a really good job on it and of course, Rusty's trying to save Andrea, but the clock, he's in the clock room and he's trying to run. And as he's running, the, the clock turns back time and turns him into a baby child again, which she tells the clock to let him out because he's like hobbling around like a toddler mm-hmm. trying to get out. And he goes to the door and the door opens and then the kid walks out, which I wonder how many shots that took him to do. Right. You know, especially with the kid. Right. But that's, you know, you see that the clockworks extend throughout the entire house, which I, I just really like that kind of thing. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. It gives it that sort of Hellraiser-esque kind of feel. Doesn't it? A little? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. It's not as good, but I'm just saying it's it's right. got that like, you know, oh, evil's that, all over the place now. It has that aura. Yeah, aura about it's it. It's really embedded itself into reality, which, I don't know, it just seems cool. She turns on the gas or something and then... It pumps on the fucking time pedal <laughs> to go forward this time, and she turns into an old woman. That scene was kind of cool because, like, they they literally used an old woman. Right. They didn't like make her up or anything, and they just made sure the old lady didn't talk. Yeah, they tried to. It's like it's like the evil couldn't kill her right away, so like they turned her old to slow her down from striking a match because the gas is also turned on simultaneously mm-hmm. and fills the house with fucking gas. And she strikes a match, and it's like boom, and you see the flying clock, like sort of like Evil Dead Two style, like floating mm-hmm. around. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're gonna gonna go back in time. <laughs> That's our our like inside joke. Sorry, yeah. Whenever guys. there's like time travel, like we're always like back in time. Yeah, I, I <laughs> always. It may not be funny to them, but that's okay. It's funny to us. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> anyway, so she goes back, and so then it starts where the movie left off. She hears the doorbell. She like appears, she's in the living room, everything's back to normal, and she hears the doorbell, and the dad's coming through the front door, and he's got a new clock, and she goes through all the motions. It was almost like they took the same cuts, even. Right. And then one cut, they like have her smash the clock. But it's about time. Well, yeah. It bashed the... The clock. She smashes the clock because she doesn't want it to ha- to do anything again and what she went through and it drove her crazy and shit. But then she walks off like out the door and they're like, <laughs> the What's Jacobs are like, hey, what the hell was that all about? You just smashed that old clock. I just bought it. What the fuck? And she's like, it's about time. <laughs> end of movie. Yeah, end of movie. That was, I didn't like the ending. Well, t- Tony like said that he really was proud of that. Um, It was ahead of its time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because really, it's about a woman trying to leave a bad situation. If you think about it, he's like, in a way, it kind of is ahead of its time in that 
you know, she was in a shitty fucking relationship and she should have left to begin with and she shouldn't have been with him. Well, maybe she should have went and watched his kids. That's what he said, though. I'm not going to change what he said. That's what right. he said. Oh, no, I know that. <laughs> I'm not yelling at you. Yeah, I'm yelling like, at him in this situation. I don't know. So when she oh, leaves, it's really her leaving her past behind and moving forward. Oh, okay. That's why he's saying it's very forward thinking. Oh, I see. Yeah. Stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's it. It's all the fun stuff we had in a movie. For that one, just wait till this next one. Oh, God. All right, so we do have another movie that we're going to be talking about next, and that is, of course, Amityville, A New Generation from 1993. I don't have the tagline, so you might have to help me with that. But I'm going to be doing the information today for this because I miss it. (laughs) I'm fine with that. Yeah. So... The story of the movie is an old mirror from the haunted Long Island house finds its way into a photographer's family where the evil soon manifests itself to cause more terror and mayhem. The tagline is terror has a reflection all its own. Neat. (laughs) So this is directed by John Merlowski, who is the director of the movies like... The Secret Agent Club with Hulk Hogan. Santa with Muscles, also with Hulk Hogan. And uh, Terminal Error, Freeway Killer, Zombie Hamlet, and a new one that's coming out or is out called Birth Mother's Betrayal. Zombie Hamlet? Yeah, I think I've heard of that. That one sounds familiar. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) I think I remember that. I do. It was not too long ago. It was like a comedy. Oh. Anyway... This movie was also written by Chris DeFaria, who we've spoken about before. He's also mostly just a producer. Some other movies that he's produced, other than Ready Player One and Mad Max Fury Road, he also did Gravity and Tremors 2. Mm-hmm. Also, this was written by Antonio Toro, who did both of these movies and nothing else. So, But Chris DeFaria said that uh, he actually did a lot of the darker elements in both of those films. Oh, both of these films. Right? Uh-huh. So. These two? Yeah. Um, this movie is starring Ross Partridge, who plays Keys. He is Lonnie Byers in Stranger Things. He was in movie. He was in a movie called Hangman. It's like a found footage movie about a home invasion sort of thing. Hmm. Um, Room 104, which he also directed to, by the way. Another movie called Stray, Ravage, and Phobias, which is a newer one. This also stars Julia Nixon, who plays Suki. She was in Rambo First Blood Part 2, K2. She was also a big part in Double Dragon, live action movie. And Ready Player One, bit part. And a newer one called The Unbidden. Unbidden? B-I-D-D-E-N, yep. Oh. Anyway, this also stars Layla Slotman, who's Lane. She's been in a lot of stuff, like The Watchers from 1988, Dream a Little Dream, Joe versus the Volcano, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Pump Up the Volume, Dragon, The Bruce Lee Story, and many more. Also has David Naughton, who plays Dick the Landlord, who is probably best known for his lead role in American Werewolf in London. He was also in... Yeah, he's the main kid. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he was also in. He's a little bigger in this movie mm-hmm. than he was in those movies. But. Right, but the facial features. Yeah, he was also in a Detroit Rock City and H.P. Lovecraft movie called The Gathering, The Sleeping Car, Steel and Lace, Body Bags, Ice Cream Man, Mirror Mirror Three, which I forgot mm-hmm. that was actually had sequels. Huh. God forbid. I don't oh, know. So he was in another Mirror movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. 
He was also in Big Bad Wolf, Brutal Massacre, Comedy, and plenty more. Also has Richard Roundtree, who plays the artist Paulie, the neighbor who has the shotgun rig. Mm-hmm. He was in the original Shaft movies and uh, the TV series as well. Hmm. He was in Earthquake, Q the Winged Serpent, Young Warriors, City Heat, Maniac Cop, Angel 3, Blood Fist 3, and Theodore Rex, which Theodore is the Whoopi Rex. Goldberg fucking dinosaur movie. Oh, what is that? I don't remember that. It's stupid. I know. It can't be as stupid as this movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we also get Terry O'Quinn, who is Detective Clark. He's most known for playing the sort of bad guy in Lost. Lost. Yeah. My favorite show. Yeah. But he was in Stepfather 1 and 2, mm-hmm. Blind Fury, The Cutting Edge, Tombstone, Castle Rock, and Emergence. He was in Castle Rock. He was also in 666 Park Avenue. That's right. Oh, yeah. We watched that. Yeah. Huh? It was only one season, but um, I like that show. <laughs> Also stars Robert Russler, who plays the pissed-off Suki's boyfriend. He was in Weird Science, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Sometimes They Come Back, Ray Donovan, Tales of Halloween, The Outsiders, and Vamp, plus huh. many more. So he's he was a small bit role in this movie. Right. But a big actor. Right. Big actor. Plus, we also get a cameo from Lynn Shay, who makes an appearance who we really don't really need to explain if you're a horror fan of any sort. Right. Uh, she's been in Classic, everything, including yeah. the original Nightmare on Elm Streets or a lot of the different movies. She's been in multiple Nightmare right. on Elm Streets, actually. Right. Um, she plays pretty good crazy in this. I yeah, think. she does. It's, it's subtle. a small part, but it's, it's a subtle, subtle crazy. Yeah. So I think this movie was made on $1.5 million. Hmm. So straight to video, bit more straight to video. But what are your thoughts on this? Oh God! Oh, I had to watch this movie twice. It was, yeah. it was, <laughs> it was hell. She because like, I fell asleep. I wasn't feeling good. Yeah, we. It was Tuesday night. I we did get a late start. That's kind of my fault because I'm fucking ADD, disorganized, and I do a million different things at once. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that late. And she ended up watching it with me anyway, which really made me happy. But she didn't take notes. I didn't take notes. I had to watch it again. <laughs> I'm so sorry, was baby. Fucking hell! But uh, that'll be a lesson, huh? It did make me think because a lot of movies came out around this period mm-hmm. um, about struggling artists, like uh, Slaves of New York. I love that movie. It's a big '90s thing. And, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Independence again. So I thought that was a really creative way to incorporate the idea into the Amityville movies. Mm-hmm. But dear God, this was so boring to me. And the story was just ridiculous. I just... Yeah. I mean, it could have been good, but I just couldn't get into it. So I just was... Ugh, I don't know. I understand. But, but I, my second time watching it, it totally reminded me of like an episode of Friends. Because you have... You're going you have, on your way to be killed by a demon in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> or is it four claps? Yes. By the way, that's a uh, that's a. It's yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a weird thing about that online. If you guys look up friends and how many claps there are. Oh, that's a that's a the that's a whatever effect, Mandela effect, Mandela effect. Yeah, but anyway, continue. Anyway, so yes, I thought this reminded me of an episode of Friends because they're living in this building and they're living by each other and they go to a coffee shop, right? And they're they're having all their their relationship troubles and love life is all messed up and all. Yeah. So it was just. It, it, it was, does have that feel a little it, bit. Yeah. Yeah. It totally does. It totally does. But other than that, I just 
I give two out of ten. Two out of ten. I don't really? even know what to say. Yeah, I just it was huh. tough. It was a tough one for me. Okay. What about you? Well, at first I was kind of into this movie, but it kind of rapidly became uh, one for the meh pile. Right. And then even maybe below that, it's kind of unfortunate that it was because, mm-hmm. you know, I was hoping for more of like, it's about time. This one chooses a mirror, obviously, for the next Amityville target to haunt, but never fully uses it. It sort of does, but... So, ooh, I'm spooky. I really feel like they could have added more scenes involving the mirror rather than it just sort of affecting people. Because it's not like in Warlock 2, I think it was Warlock 2, where the guy gets trapped in the mirror world. Uh Uh-huh. That, they should have done something like that. It was a mirror world, but it wasn't a mirror world. Do you know what I mean? Like, you didn't really feel like it was a mirror world. I don't know. I don't know. But they were limited in what they could do. CGI was very shitty at this time, and it was also very expensive. So they ended up using a lot of original, like, people from the original Amityville horror on this movie. Just, you know, mm-hmm. trivia on there. Um, hmm. It feels very just underutilized to me. That's all I feel. But, like, say something like Oculus, which That's some say. Movie. Yeah, some say it isn't a good movie, but I think it's a pretty decent one, minus a few parts that kind of got under right. my skin. Right. Um, but Oculus feels like it took this story and then tried to make it better. Mm-hmm. So, in a yeah. way, this is kind of a remake. The Oculus is almost like a remake in a weird way. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, it really does feel like that to me. Right. There is some gore and nudity, but it's very minimal. The mirror isn't exactly a work of art either. It's, it's a little too on the nose for evil with, like, a smiling, stupid no. demon on the top with red eyes, which is super silly. No, no, no. It looks like you bought it. At Spirit Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Like, it totally looked like that. Hey, I mean, you know, the art department, they sometimes do what they can, you know. Sometimes they do stuff and they don't want it that way. You know what I mean? Well, they should have kept trying. Maybe the art department gave them something that was fucking knocking it out of the fucking park and a little bit more real. And the fucking director said, nah, I want it to look like fucking <laughs> Halloween, baby. <laughs> Anyway, the dialogue and the acting in this movie are pretty sufficient, though, for a watch. But it's not exactly one that I'd, like, pull off the shelf and be like, this scene, you know, this performance is so good. But honestly, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, it's not a bad cast. There's some really decent actors in this movie, whether they get to show their chops or not. Right. Terry O'Quinn was probably the best actor in this entire movie. Not surprised at all. Right. Lin Shay, obviously, too. But they were very smaller characters. Minimal. Yeah. He was in this movie. There was that investigation story that didn't bother me so much with him because I like seeing Terry O'Quinn. Mm-hmm. But the story is ultimately just slow and honestly really pretty boring for the most part. Yes. You know, if the movie's story was like a plane getting ready to take off. It would never really go up. It just sort of hovers and goes below and just keeps touching the ground. It but just, it never crashes. <laughs> um, I mean, some might say, I mean, you gave it a two. That's a pretty disastrous yeah, number. Oh, just, but to watch a plane crash is more entertaining. I still don't get your numbering for, system I yet. Know. I don't get it either. I don't know. There are some okay scenes in it. One where there's a family that was like pumped with a shotgun. That kind of cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Like a head exploded in that. That was awesome. Uh, but some of the shots, you know, they're pretty decent. The editing was okay. It just felt long. 
I like, I just wanted the movie to be over. It's below average, even if you know it's a low budget 90s straight to video movie. Like, no real laughs to warrant an S big stamp either. It's just a movie, a pretty plain, boring movie, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I will say that I did like it better <laughs> than the Amityville Curse Part 5. Mm hmm. At least this is watchable, but not by much. 3.5, right. I'd say, out of 10. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know? But yeah, that other one, too. Whew. Yeah, it was bad. I think it, it was it was on par for me with this one. Yeah, it's, it's like I could watch it in the background. It wouldn't be, like, terrible to watch. But to mm-hmm. pay too close attention is kind of a slog. Mm-hmm. So nothing really that great about it that... I don't know. It's interesting that they took it to L.A. in a fucking art commune. Was it L.A.? Or was it? I thought it was New York. Oh, maybe it is. I don't remember where it yeah, was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really shit. matter. Yeah. It's just a art house. And I just I just think of L.A. because they have a lot of those, you know, where people share like a loft or whatever. You know what I mean? Where they go and like have different levels for each, uh-huh. you know, an elevator that goes to each one. And everybody has the whole space to be artistic. A studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a loft. They're right. called a loft. Right. It's, right. Yeah, it's, right. Right. Okay. But what do you guys think? I would love to hear what you guys think. Seriously. Like, do you think we're on point? Do you think we're not? Did you like this movie? Do you skip this movie every time you watch the franchise? Do you hate the franchise and never watch the franchise? <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, I've heard some people say some, you know, like they like this one and I'm a little surprised by that. Mm. Like, like I think that there could have been, there are some decent ideas in there that just weren't executed right. well. I agree. So there is some trivia on this. So if you don't want anything spoiled, as we've mentioned, you can watch this on Tubi TV for free with ads. So if you want to check that out or you can pick up a copy from Severin, which is a four pack with four, six, seven and eight Amityville. Um, It's a set for 60 bucks, I think, on there. It's on sale right now. So but if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. Warning, warning. So in this movie, John Merlowski said that they couldn't afford the CGI of the time, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, expensive. It looked really garbage at the time, so he didn't even really want it in the movie necessarily. But they thought maybe they could bring back William Cruz, who did the effects on the original Amityville horror. So he came back and he was really excited to work on this old techniques that were in camera. Uh, uh So, you know, like the scenes where they have the the mirror Uh and there was like a face and then there was like red glowing shit. Mm-hmm. That red glowing shit is actually on the mirror. Oh, really? It's not a over the thing. They used a oh. light that bounced off of a mirror onto the mirror. Uh-huh. And then they had a head across the on the other side that was reflecting it into the mirror as well. That's interesting. Yeah, like they had a black cloth with a fake head, the monster uh-huh. head that was behind, and it both of them were reflecting at the same time as the camera was shooting forward. Okay, that's interesting. It is. It was yeah. really cool. He said it takes up a lot of space. Oh, yeah, I bet. So, but, you know, they gave it that classic look. So he was like, that's not so bad. That's a nice compromise. Let's try to go back to the way they did it before. Why right. not? Exactly. Which they did have a scene with the fucking demon that was like, the the demon that popped off the artwork mm-hmm. and then ran around the room, which I thought right. was really cool looking. Right, it was cool looking, but it did nothing. Right, um, and it was just little glimpses. It, it didn't really show anything. It was cool, like red eyes and like this green mist running around. Right, Wally Fister was the cinematographer on this movie, by the way. For those of you who know your shit. Wally Pfister won an Oscar for Inception. He's also done Batman Begins. 
The Dark Knight. Ah, The Dark Knight. And The Rises. The Dark Knight. My birthday's coming up. You know what that means. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, he also directed his own movie called Transcendence with Johnny Depp, the one about uh, putting your mind into a computer and then it kind of getting smarter. Oh, AI sort of thing. But John, the director, also said he was a little rigid on set when he made this because he was so young Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to compromise on all of his storyboards and stuff like that that he had. And so he felt like he could have taken other other people's ideas instead of taking the storyboards as they were and kind of let loose. And he's learned to let loose as he's gotten to direct. Uh Uh-huh. He just didn't want to compromise. And right. uh, movies are about compromise sometimes. Yeah, like, you have to. You, sometimes. I mean, the, some directors don't. Some do. Right. It just depends on what you want to do. Maybe the vision, their vision's better than what other people's ideas are. But things change on the fly all the time on right. a set. So right. you just got to go work with it. And being a director to be able to work with that kind of situation. He said one of the biggest things was the drowning out the noise of everybody asking for you every five seconds. Oh, my God. That you have to just kind of hyper focus right. on that moment. And get it done. Get it done. Mm-hmm. He just felt like, you know, looking back, he felt like he should have listened a little bit more. So. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris DeFario returned, obviously, to write and produce this one. He said that this movie he learned a lot on as a producer. Mm -hmm. Made a lot of friends on this set, even if the movie didn't do well. Oh, that's good. He learned a lot and made a lot of friends. So it's a really special film to him for that reason. Mm -hmm. Memory, you know what I mean? So he said he'd be into remaking this movie, actually, to make it better. Oh, Uh, that's interesting. Maybe he's just floating that out there to see if someone bites. Uh Uh-huh. But I doubt they'll ever make right. a remake of a sequel a, in this. Yeah. But the actual murders of the family in the movie, by the way, the ones that get shotgunned in the face and everything and pumped in the chest, uh-huh. <laughs> which I fucking love. Uh, they were murders that happened before the DeFeos in the original Amityville horror. Oh, okay. So I was wondering about that. This These murders take place in 1966 before the DeFeo killings. Supposedly. Okay. Seems to be the the answer to that. I'm thinking of just ages, but I guess that makes sense. We do have a few scenes that we're going to talk about. There's some funny stuff that happened in this movie that's really bad to point out. <laughs> and I, I hate to do that. I'm not trying to tear it apart or anything. I'll it's just, tear it apart. It's just part of, you know, the fun. You know, right. we talk about this shit. Maybe you'll find it and see it and think, oh, yeah, I thought it's the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> this accent again. I can't help it. <laughs> It's almost like a piece of me now. I don't know how to, it's really weird. Um, So there's a photographer who has an artist loft in New York or some major city, as we mentioned before. He lives next door to Suki, another artist who's trying to make it. It's just too bad that they just stepped into the Amityville zone. (laughs) (laughs) Key's the main guy, the artist guy who prevents her boyfriend or whatever from like breaking down the door and beating the shit out of her. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. He's a real asshole. And then that's when they go to have coffee, right? Where you mm-hmm. got the whole thing. Yeah. The whole friends thing. Cause yeah. it's like, Oh, there's people in the building and now they're going to have coffee. Huh? I got haunted by a mirror just this day. <laughs> and they were having coffee with the landlord too, which is also kind of, yeah, he comes over. He's like kind of like one of their friends, like that kind of convinced him to be a manager of all these artists rather than be an artist because he's a failed artist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what they were saying, they're talking and then the what's the keys? The photographer starts taking pictures. 
Well, he wants to do an art exhibit. They're going to open up this big art exhibit for the, all the artists in there and then make money to pay the rent. Right. And to get new tents in the building. Yeah. But Keith started getting distracted because he saw a homeless guy outside. And so he started taking pictures of him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he just pulls out a mirror. He's like, here. Yeah. You well, want a mirror? He, he goes. And so he goes across the street and talks to the homeless man. And he was like, oh, I'm going to. Oh, let me give you some money because I think I'm going to sell this picture. And yeah. then the He's like, we guy, should share the profits, don't you think? And he was like, here, here's a mirror. <laughs> Turns out that guy's his dad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <Yeah. laughs> But that's the stupid part of this movie, really. It really was. It made no fucking sense. I, I mean, like, I kind of get, like, they I, they just could have done it better. You know what it kind of reminded me of is, like, was it Looper? Or, no, Butterfly Effect. Oh. It reminded me of Butterfly ever. Effect a little bit. Huh. Where his dad was in prison and shit, and he, like, he goes back in time, and he keeps flashing back mm-hmm. to him seeing his dad in the mirror oh that's right another fucking mirror right but the, just imagine picture a fucking homeless man just giving you this shitty mirror he's like i don't really need it but that's a nice mirror and then doesn't um keys or suki ends up taking the mirror because she loves it more than him and he's like i'm gonna throw it out so mm-hmm. but yeah that night suki's boyfriend breaks into her studio and is like literally cutting up all her art and slashing mm. it and he looks into the mirror and sees the future self of him. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> who's the most slashed up, fucked up face of them all, I guess. <laughs> and he like sees like his face getting punctured and he freaks out and because he freaks out, he slams his head into a window and then dies on the floor from blood, which is kind of dumb. Yeah, it's kind of what he accidentally cut his throat. They should have showed that, you know. Well, that's where all the cuts on his face came from, I guess. Right. Because he didn't have them when he ran. That's when the detective shows up because he has to investigate this guy's death. Right. And did he, what did he say? He said something kind of funny about that, didn't he? About him remember. dying on the floor. He's like, wow, he just, well, it looks like he saw his own reflection and got scared and ran out. Oh, the- <laughs> oh that's right. <laughs> oh, that's silly. It's like, he's like, it's so funny because like, it's almost like this cop is a bad cop. Like he's a good cop. He's a good guy, but he's bad at detecting. Mm-hmm. He's good at detecting, but he's like almost like covering the tracks for the evil in right. some regard. Well, it's because he's a cop and he's a <laughs> all, all right. And <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm done. Um, but then Suki, like everybody leaves, right? So that's this part. I don't understand. So now Suki's like poking herself with the glass, right? And it's like she wants to kill herself, but she's not ready to kill herself. So then she starts going into an artistic rampage. And, right. And yeah. Just starts painting all these pictures. Yeah. She she's like completely possessed, obviously, by the mirror, and gets inspiration to basically paint like twenty different paintings or some shit, which she's got all rigged up on some fucking rope system like pulley system right and the fucking landlord guy who's friends and has a wife is living downstairs and she like tries to seduce him or whatever yeah she starts hitting on him and then they start making out right wait does she get killed before or after that she gets killed after okay so because the because because they start making out and then the detective comes over again because he he wants something to do with their statements. And then she kind of rats him out. She calls Keys 
because the detective needs keys for the state, blah, blah. And then she ends up having called Dick. Dick out. She has to get the dick out. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. But this this part, like, irritated me because he had so much time to put his shirt back on. You know right. what I mean? He, like, he was so scared. He didn't grab it and ran. And then she rats him out. And the cops, and then she sees him. And then Keys walks in and is like, oh, well, this is happening. Right. But they never bring it up again. Right. Meanwhile, Keys keeps having dreams about the Amityville house and the family that live there. Because, like, each time he has this dream, it goes a little bit further and a little bit further. It's him walking down the hallway, hearing the knives being sharpened by the fucking dad in this movie. uh, Or from the past, in 1966 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, he eventually gets to the point where he shoots everybody, which is really cool. But in one scene, Christina pointed out that the clock was there from the previous film right in that fucking room in that dream which it totally was in ba- yeah it was the exact same clock which right. i thought okay i give them credit that was creative same production so i mean right but keys and his girlfriend come by and they can't find suki who's been killed by the green demon or whatever that hopped off her artwork mm-hmm. conveniently <laughs> and then the detective comes back because they found a homeless man's body. Right, which is weird because they don't really explain why he's there. Yes, because um, they found his na- keys. They found keys, name, and phone number in the homeless man's pocket. So the detective wanted uh, to know why was his phone number in your? Yeah, in do his you pocket. know this guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. So the guy, the homeless guy who gave him the mirror, who we find out later is his father. He has to go and identify the body. And he, in some regard, can't find Suki, right? Right. Because Dick found Suki. We know that she died because of the demon, the green demon, but they don't know. So he's, like, concerned that it's her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's, like, relieved that it's this homeless guy who he finds out is his dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, so Dick goes in Suki's studio looking for Suki. And then the pictures are moving on their own. And then all of a sudden, Suki comes flying out. She's been hung. And she comes flying out. He's like, oh, God, Suki. And he takes her down. Like, I wouldn't touch yeah. the body. I wouldn't either, because you're going to get blamed for that shit. Yeah. Don't you, don't you listen to Dateline? She's clearly been dead for a day or two, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's all blue, you know? Mm-hmm. That's when the Keys finds out that the guy, the homeless guy, he felt he pled insanity after killing his whole family in Amityville. So this homeless guy, Keys goes to the asylum where he was kept to find out more. And it turns out when he inherited the house, he only wanted the mirror and took the mirror with him and became homeless somehow and crazy. But when he went to the asylum, boom, that's when Lin Shay is there. and She's the nurse. Right. But she's the one that tells him the whole story about this mm-hmm. uh, even further because he goes there. There was like a flashback with his now father that killed his mother. Mm-hmm. Again, kind another, of stupid twist. Another, but. yeah, it was very stupid. Plus, not to mention the cop for some reason knew he was his son and didn't tell him. Like, right? Okay, so like he leads him on this path to go find out this information and doesn't tell him that that's his father. Like, why in the fuck would you do that? He's right. like, well, you needed to learn on your own, not me, through telling you. He's like, you figured it out, didn't you? And then he's like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> so do you, do you think the detective's the one who put Keyes' name on his on the guy's tombstone? I also thought that was weird. That's really weird. Like, you would never keep that kind of secret from who, but who would somebody. Put, who would put their child's name on their tombstone? Well, like, they said it said loving father of... Keyes, whatever his last name was. Yeah, right. Right. 
and he freaks out. Usually, He's like, why is that on there? Usually it just says loving father, though, or loving husband. It doesn't say the name. Yeah. That pissed me off. There was another scene where Keys wakes up from the dream again a little bit more each time. Like I said, it gets a little further each time. And this time it's the family at dinner getting shot by each, uh, <laughs> getting shot each time by him. And it's like popping them like one's in the dad's face and the mom in the chest. But they cut away for the kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. He looks into the same Miriam, what's causing all the problems and wakes up screaming. Mm-hmm. Which they have a really cool shot where they had the camera strapped to his chest. And he's like, oh! <laughs> Which was cool. Like like I said, there is some cool shots in here. It's right. Just, it's just yeah, and pointless. Then, and then, um, so Keith tells the girlfriend, his girlfriend, about all this. And then the girlfriend has this wonderful idea. Oh, well, you should put it in your show. And she brings him a, a, a squirt gun. Yeah, oh, to deal should... with your family's past of shooting everybody, why don't you just... You know, act it out, act it out, and then you'll be done with it. And which kind of makes sense in a little bit of way. But he's like, no, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it for real (laughs) or something like that. So then the other neighbor actually did an art installation that had a gun attached to it. It Yeah, the guy from Shaft, the original. Yeah, Yeah, that guy. A shotgun attached to the top of a TV on a timer (laughs) with a chair facing the the danger end, the dead end of the fucking gun. So you know what's going to happen with that gun. And supposedly it's actually really loaded in the story. Seems like a little bit of a risk to me. Yeah, but he's an artist. That's what artists do. They take risks. <laughs> Real artists. Anyway, <laughs> Keen's installation is the same dinner table that he keeps dreaming about, which he originally had like these different stand-ups, but like the pictures of the faces that he was going to use for each of the family members mm-hmm. keep showing up as like... They keep getting blurred. Like the demon faces. Demon faces, yeah. yeah. But so he puts up mirrors instead. Oh. Yeah. So then there's this like thing where everybody's downstairs at this party that they're having this installation you know this art thing or whatever and the demonic wind shoots out all of the windows before he's ready to show it to everyone and it blows him up against the wall <laughs> he's like i refuse to be like you like he's like fighting the evil somehow the evil mirror he's which fighting. is stupid dude it's it it really dumb and i'll be honest like about this part is where i zoned out again yeah for the second time <laughs> He gets obviously sucked back into the mirror, into the evil verse, mirror verse, whatever, which is the hospital that his dad was in with all his friends in each of the rooms. Like, like every one of his friends that died, like Suki's in one room and this, his dick buddy, the, the, uh, landlord is and friend is down in there and like all these Mm -hmm. different people. And that's when he comes across the homeless guy got a blanket over him or whatever and he goes to stab him in the chest and his dad all dead says i'm proud of you son (laughs) amityville is in your blood it's in your blood yeah so stupid keys gets thrown back out and takes the gun from the neighbor's like installation that has the real shells in it and everything and he holds it under his chin to prevent himself from killing everyone but he hears them sharpening the knives at the dinner table to kind of re redo the scene with his family mm-hmm. and 
he brings the shotgun with him and starts shooting at stuff on the fucking <laughs> on the table. And this is my favorite thing in this movie. This is so fucking funny to me. So the the evil locks everyone in and they soon realize it's a real gun and, and they're like pleading with him as he's shooting everything on the table. And the police show up and the mirror pushes him to kill the friends or whatever, but he doesn't. And the cop is like, don't shoot keys. Don't shoot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, and he, and, and the cop is like telling the other cops, don't shoot him. And he's like, no, 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 wait, just wait. He's got this. He's got this. We're rooting for him. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this would never fucking happen, especially now. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. You know? Oh, he'd already be dead. <laughs> End of the movie. Yeah, I know. So Keys like shoots the mirror, obviously, which you see that coming from a mile away for fucking 10 minutes. And the cop is like, big mistake, Keys. Seven years bad luck. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, seven years bad luck in prison for aggravated assault, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting out of that. It ain't no fucking pat on the back. Right. You just fired a fucking gun in a fucking oh, place. But he was possessed. I was possessed by demons. Right. It and he's a, such fault. a good detective that he knew. Yeah, he just knew. Like, there's no way. No way. There's no way they thought that they could reach through to him. Nope. <laughs> What kind of liberal? <laughs> Hokey pokey is this goddamn shit? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm totally kidding, guys. Anyway, but yeah, that's the end of the movie, and it's pretty fucking. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I was not real excited about this one. I'm hoping Dollhouse is a little better. It's got some wild shit in it. Everybody keeps saying. What? The Dollhouse? The Dollhouse. You got to make it to Dollhouse. Right. Well, we got that one, and we're going to watch um, another one. I think it's called it's called Amityville The Awakening, by the way, guys. It awakes again. That one came out in 2017. The last one before that was the remake with Ryan Reynolds, which we actually did an episode on. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. It was way back in the day. Aww. We did Amityville for the Amityville horror. Oh. Yeah, so it was like, I'm pretty sure we did, but I, I get so confused anymore. It's it's, it's really bad. three years. Right. Well, yeah, it's been many years. Just a lot of movies. Many conversations, many researches. Researchers. Researching. Researches. <laughs> Much research. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to do those two next week. So we're going to do the Amityville Dollhouse from 1996. That might be on Tubi TV. And the Amityville, The Awakening, at least, is available for rent. So if you guys want to check those out beforehand, uh, that's what we'll be doing next week. And then we're going to do some uh, movies that were sent to me uh, to review. And I got some new stuff in a video haul. Check it out on YouTube. But yeah, guys, don't forget, please do follow us on YouTube. And if you have Reddit and you want to follow us there too, it really does help out. We're trying to reach as many people as we can because we put a lot of passion and heart into this. And I hope you guys see that each week uh, as much as we love doing this together. And uh, Christine has become quite the mainstay now, I think, you know, so... What do you think? Where, where am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you, Christina. So she's filled in for this whole pandemic thing, and it's actually been working out, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you have a different perspective that is important to have. Like, you know, I love having Patrick on, don't get me wrong, and anybody else that's been on. But if we agree too similarly, there's not enough for people to really, you know, uh -huh. feel. You know what I mean? Like, like some people may not like what I like. Uh -huh. And people who 
like like me, you know. So right. you're a little different. It's I'm nice different. flair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, next week those two new Amityville movies. So if you want to check them out, please do. We'll be back with a brand new episode. And as always, long live the voice. So...